Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Talking Pharmacy podcast. My name is Richard Thomas, editor of Pharmacy Magazine, and we've hit the road. Before Christmas, Arthur Walsh, editor of Pharmacy Network News, and myself, well, we travelled to the West Country to find out how one of our major pharmaceutical wholesalers intends to be net zero with its carbon emissions by 2030, and we pay a visit to one of the region's most forward-thinking independent pharmacists to talk about pharmacy and cancer. So, I'm standing outside Alliance Healthcare's service centre on the Marsh Barton Industrial Estate in Exeter. It's a, it's a grey old day. The location is not exactly glamorous, but it's places like this that form the vital unseen backbone of the UK's pharmaceutical distribution network. As ever, there's nowhere to park. I think I've taken the manager's spot, actually. But I'm going to head to reception now to, to hook up with Arthur, who's hopefully waiting inside with a nice cup of environmentally friendly coffee. So here we are in Alliance Healthcare's service centre in Exeter, one of 15 that the wholesaler operates across the UK. It's a key one too, covering all of the West Country and has to contend with some of the most complicated transport logistics in the country. Over 200 people are employed here and the depot carries 9,000 product lines and ships around 740,000 units a week to over 1,900 accounts. So it's very busy. And while we wait for manager Richard Hunt and Matt Addison, who's the operations director at Alliance, to show us around and explain how they intend to be carbon zero by 2030, Arthur, where do you think the sector is generally in its efforts to tackle climate change? Well, pharmacies, of course, have a lot to contend with at the moment and in conversations with readers and listeners. I'm not sure it's the most commonly raised issue on the doorstep or in the dispensary, as it were. Uh, However, pharmacists tend to be rigorous, evidence-driven, civic-minded people, and this is one of the big issues of the day. So a commitment to measures aimed at protecting the environment seems like a good fit for the profession. In terms of what's happening on the ground, I would say the environmentally friendly inhaler disposable disposal initiative taking place is one of the standouts. This is part of the pharmacy quality scheme in the current financial year and involves pharmacy teams talking to patients about the impact of hydrofluorocarbon gases from inhalers when disposed of domestically rather than via the pharmacy. Uh, I also spoke to renowned Bristol pharmacist and friend of the pod, Ade Williams, about his thoughts on tackling climate change. He said the inhaler scheme is, of course, very important, but he's also thinking about other small changes he can make, like delivering medicines by bicycle rather than the van or cutting down electricity use in the pharmacy. However, he did point out that the, cur- the current government funding makes it very hard for contractors to invest properly in their building and that a huge part of the climate impact comes from further down the medicine supply chain. So you need those big boys to come on board. In terms of top-down stuff coming from pharmacy bodies, I would say the RPS is ahead of the pack on this, as you might expect. Last year, they came out with their sustainability pledge, saying that climate change, saying the climate crisis is also a health crisis that could see rises in infectious disease and malnutrition, and that pharmacy teams have a key role to play in reducing the impact of medicines which account for a quarter of the NHS carbon footprint. Not the full impact, because as we said, you need uh, big changes to happen elsewhere in the industry, but certainly pharmacy teams can make a dent. 
And just as a final point, uh, it would be great to hear from listeners of the pod about any efficiency drives or campaigns they're running in the pharmacy focusing on climate change, or just to hear their thoughts. Uh, you know, what are the issues? What do you think the barriers are to doing more? And what would support you? Okay, thanks, Arthur. So, um, well, let's don the safety glasses, protective overalls, and these rather trendy protective factory boots and catch up with Richard and Matt. Sustainability at Alliance Healthcare UK is, is, is a crucial part of our strategy going forward. This is Operations Director Matt Addison. Um, as we've become part of the Marisol's Bergen family, you can see that as part of our corporate strategy and the conversations that happen at board level between our CFO um, and our investors and shareholders. In the UK, we've started our journey several years ago. Uh, we've done a lot of work over the years, be that on the, our recycling program, recycling of cardboard. We've eliminated 3,000 tonnes of cardboard. Our Drastic with Plastic um, initiative that we launched in 2019 to eliminate the use of single-use plastic across our operations. Um, and we've, we've eliminated more than 100 tonnes of plastic over, over the time, and we've got um, ambitions to eliminate more by 2023. We moved to a green electricity um, electricity deal um, in 2020, um, and that is in effect across all of our service centres. And then our van fleet um, is now all fully compliant on Euro 6 engines, which are the the the, be- the most optimum engines out there at the moment um, to reduce our um, um, emissions from from our vehicles. But it's not just the vehicles. You know, a key part of our 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 emissions with with the vehicles is the way that the driver drives the vehicle. So we've got to engage our colleague workforce. And from a transport point of view, we've done that over the last 12 months with the launch of new software that helps the driver understand how they drive, the braking, the harsh braking, the idling time. You know, all of these are key components in how a driver um, reduces their emissions um, and increases their miles per gallon. And over that time, we've increased. Our, we've we've demonstrated we can do this with a, by having an eight percent increase um, in our miles per gallon um, with our driver engagement program. And then from a HGV point of view, we've we've eliminated three quarters of a million miles per year with the work that we've done on looking at our network, looking where it's sourced, um, and then changing the, the the routes accordingly. All of this has been fantastic work and has gone a long way to reducing our greenhouse gases and we planned um, uh, we plan to um, in, reduce our emissions by five percent but this is not enough you know as we look forward with the work that we've got to do um, over over the coming years you know the work that we've done so far will will not be sufficient um, to to get us to, to where we want to be with our ambition and that ambition that we've we've now got is by 2030 to be net zero on our scope one and scope two. Now, this is an ambition that we believe we, we absolutely should and will achieve. And it's important because I think, you know, our customers want it, our colleagues want it, and it's the right thing to do for society. Now, this will require us to change our historical approach, which has been a, an incremental step-by-step um, improvement, project by project, to a, to a, a much more dynamic, fast-paced change as we find the solutions and we drive towards that net zero carbon target for 2030. Operational excellence and sustainability go hand in hand and I absolutely firmly believe that with the improvements that we make in our operational excellence we can and we will 
reduce our carbon um, emissions at the same time. We can only do that with our colleague engagement. The way that our colleagues are going to work in the future will be different to how they work today. The, how their place of work will change and we have to take those colleagues on, on the journey with us. Those colleagues also have some fantastic ideas as to what we should and um, should be doing as we as we go forward. So as an example, you know, a driver's van will, will ultimately be electric going forward. You know, that will require that driver to change how they operate that vehicle, um, how it's loaded, how they drive it, the driving style, how they deliver, etc. We will we will continue to change our energy. So we've still got a lot of work to do on, on our gas, our heating uh, supplies, and we will find a solution. We have to look at our buildings and our infrastructure. You know, some of them are dated. Some of them don't have enough space to park a fleet of electric vehicles. We have to work with 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 our partners um, to uh, find solutions for how to charge a fleet of electric electric vans in in the um, in our local geographies. Transport finding an electric van that meets our need is crucial. There are the there are out there on the market. We have to trial them. We have to prove they work. We have to engage with our drivers to enable them to find a way forward. And then our suppliers. You know, we require collaboration from our suppliers because this isn't just our problem. It's everybody's problem. Um, and strong collaboration up and down the supply chain will provide us solutions. So it's fantastic. And I'm hugely delighted that Alliance Healthcare has committed to become net carbon zero by 2030. But I'm also acutely aware that the work really does start now to drive towards that target. Matt Addison there, explaining Alliance Healthcare's pledge to become net carbon zero by 2030. And we'll reflect further on some of the issues Matt talked about later in the pod. So we're now on our way to Exmouth to meet pharmacist Jackie Lewis. That's if we can navigate our way out of Exeter City Centre, uh, which has proven a little difficult. Uh, anyway, Jackie and her husband, Martin, are the owners of Lewis Pharmacy in Exmouth. And many of our listeners will be aware of Jackie's work promoting pharmacy and cancer care. And uh, we're really looking forward to chatting with her. So here we are. We've driven to sunny Exmouth. It's a gorgeous day. I've just dumped the car and we're going to see Jackie Lewis. We're going to talk cancer care. Hello. Hello, Jackie. Nice to meet you finally. How are you doing? Are we going to go for that? We going to do that? I don't know. That's all right. It's a personal choice, I guess. Which can I just say? What have I done wrong? That looks like a pair of Y fronts in your mouth. Yes, I know. Raj Newton, Alfega UK country head, was there to meet us, along with Jackie and Martin. Lewis Pharmacy is an Alfega member, and he was very rude about my mask. So we quickly ducked into one of Jackie's consultation rooms for a chat while Raj held the fort in the pharmacy. Jackie has spent much of her career with an interest in cancer. She did a PhD in cancer drug research and worked at the Royal Free Hospital in London for two years. But it is through her work promoting the role of pharmacy teams in cancer prevention that she has come to national prominence. Most recently, she got involved in creating an e-learning programme for pharmacy teams called Let's Communicate Cancer. On the day of our visit, Jackie's COVID vaccination clinic was in full swing. So I asked her about the impact COVID has had on cancer diagnosis rates. Had she seen more people coming into her pharmacy with suspicious lumps and moles? Yes, we are. They're coming in specifically saying, I know it's hard to see my GP. 
can you have a look at this? They would have come in before, always to, to ask me, but they're more numerous, and mm. I would say probably triple the number of people. Um, and then I have to persuade them that their GP is still able to see them if I think their mole is suspicious. Otherwise we'll try other routes, always with a safety netting of going to the GP if it doesn't clear up. So. Now, Jackie, tell me how important is the role of the pharmacy team in cancer prevention? So the pharmacy team is crucial um, and that's why my e-learning Let's Communicate Cancer addresses that. Um, it, crosses the whole skill mix because you don't see the pharmacist or converse with the pharmacist initially when you walk into the pharmacy it's very rare that you would do so maybe we should change our model around but for now you would see a pharmacy assistant so if they don't pick up on those clues or if the request isn't a direct can you look at my mole or whatever um, for example if they want to purchase um, heartburn medication or cough medicine then the pharmacy assistants really need to be aware of signs and symptoms and red flags of cancer so that they can work out if a referral is needed to the pharmacist or not. The Let's Communicate Cancer e-learning programme, which is backed by Pfizer, was actually based on an earlier piece of work that Jackie was involved with called Not Normal For You. I asked her to explain what that service involved. Not Normal For You is a service that was designed and evaluated with a grant from the Health Education Foundation and the MPA. Um, and it, what happened was that we had 10 pharmacies from Devon where I went and trained them all about early diagnosis and spotting red flag cancer symptoms. Um, and then we put into action it. I tried to keep the service as simple as possible because if it's too difficult, it, you know, it's really hard to use while you're conversing with someone. They also needed tips and tricks about you can't mention the word cancer when you're speaking to someone, you can't scare them, um, and how to overcome barriers to seeing the GP. And then we designed a very eye-catching card and also the slogan, Not Normal For You, where they write down the symptoms that the patient is talking about and that they're worried about and then they ask the patient to self-refer to the GP. And we, we evaluated it and what shone out was the relationship of the pharmacy assistants with the patients and the trust shown there. So the patients filled in questionnaires, staff filled in questionnaires and the, the data and the words that were written are amazing. Yeah. We flushed out this case study very early doors where someone came in for cough medicine, they were referred to a GP because it was more than six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then the wife came in and said he'd been diagnosed with cancer. No, no, she went to practice meeting and they said he'd been diagnosed with cancer and then the wife came in six months later and said he's, he's fine, he's recovered. Okay. And so that is a very powerful case study. Jackie Lewis there. So eventually we've made it back uh, to our London office and I'm joined again by Arthur Walsh to reflect on our little road trip. But we actually made those visits back in November, believe it or not, around the time of the COP26 summit. It does seem an awfully long time ago now, actually pre-Omicron. Awful lot has happened since. But uh, Arthur, looking back then, let's start with Alliance Healthcare now part of a merry source Bergen, of course, and its bold pledge to be carbon neutral by 2030. What did you take from that? Yeah, well, 
definitely was very impressed with with Matt Addison and his commitment to um, examining, you know, no stone unturned, examining every aspect of the business's operations uh, to see how it could be made more more carbon efficient. Um, and there's they've made great strides in that area over over the past uh, several years. Um, they've done a lot of work to reduce uh, to reduce car- cardboard and and reduce unnecessary plastic use. Um, looking at things like uh, totes and and also also things like the the um, electricity uh, used in their their service centers is all from from sustainable sources now, um, and and also they did they've done a lot of work on you know the, the, their vehicles which is obviously the the key um, worry there in terms of emissions. Um, all of their vehicles are compliant with the Euro six uh, specifications, which is which is the the most sort of carbon friendly uh, av- uh, av- option available on the on the market. He said, but obviously they they have to keep reviewing that um, the, the fleet because there is such a potential for for emissions there. It accounts for I think seventy percent of the company's overall emissions. He said, and. Eventually, they want to switch to uh, an electric fleet, but the options just aren't there, he said. So I, w- I would wonder sort of, I mean, he says now, if he, if he doesn't act now to trial a van and prove it works and, and prove it stays in temperature by the time of the next investment cycle, he will be ready for, for 2030, which is, you know, the, the, the clock is ticking. So um, so it's de- definitely one, one to watch if if if, if, if they can manage that, because that, that, that will be key to, to meeting that sort of carbon zero by, by 2030. Uh, deadline they've set for themselves but on the whole um you know very uh impressed i have to say um it was great great just to, to be be at the center i have to say as well just sort of seeing how i mean i mean i guess as you'd expect everything is uh it runs like a machine runs like runs like clockwork they've got you know very committed team there and um yeah it was a it was a, it was a good day out yeah it, it was a good day out um i thought it was it was fascinating to hear about their plans and how they they aim to to transform the business really by by twenty thirty, which they they need to do in all its aspects, if they're to be carbon neutral. And um, and then I enjoyed our trip to to see to see Jackie Lewis uh, in Exmouth. And I think the first thing to say is how nice it was to finally meet Jackie and her husband Martin and the team. And I've reported Jackie's work. I've seen her at conferences picking up awards and all that. But it was the first time that I'd actually sat down with her to, to have a proper chat. And, uh, and I, I know you appreciated uh, the opportunities as, as well, Arthur. It was great to see her in a vaccination clinic, wasn't it? That was going on when we were there. A true collaborative effort with, with the local healthcare teams. I think Jackie said over 50 volunteers were involved in, in running that service. And I think I was most struck by Jackie and Martin's Quiet determination, really, and can-do attitude to professional service development, whether it involves setting up that COVID vaccination clinic or working with local practices to boost CPCS referrals or fostering greater collaboration among local pharmacists. Jackie's doing all of these things and none of that comes easy. And it says everything to me about independence, natural entrepreneurship, problem-solving abilities and an instinct for local engagement. And, uh, and Jackie... Uh, has that in spades um it's hard work and uh but jackie shows that the pharmacy services agenda is the right one they achieve good outcomes even if the financial rewards aren't there yet uh, as far as pharmacy and cancer is concerned 
Jackie has done so much good work here. But I was struck by something she said when we weren't recording, actually, that community pharmacy teams encounter cancer patients at every stage of their journey, from, from early diagnosis through to treatment and recovery. And there's so much more the sector can do, especially around early detection and training up all the pharmacy team. And we heard about Let's Communicate Cancer, the, the training scheme or program that Jackie was involved with, which is on the British Oncology Pharmacy Association website. Uh, incidentally, details of that in the show notes to this podcast uh, on the PM website. And certainly when you look at something like the Not Normal For You service uh, that Jackie spoke about, um, you would have thought this was something certainly of interest to commissioners struggling with all those missed early cancer diagnoses, and it could even be rolled out nationwide as part of the national contractual framework. Why not? Let's utilise pharmacies' reach here. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this special road trip of a podcast. So I'd just like to give our thanks to Matt Addison, Richard Hunt and Sam Unsworth at Alliance Healthcare, to Jackie and Martin Lewis and the team at Lewis Pharmacy. You can read more about our West Country visit on the Pharmacy Magazine website and in print in the November and February print editions of PM. Uh, the Talk at Pharmacy podcast will be back again next week. So until then, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>